Welcome to the third episode of Hallmark Heartbeats, a podcast all about Hallmark movies. I'm your host, Camille. Today we review the second movie of the Love Ever After series titled Playing Cupid, starring three Hallmark rookies, Laura Vandervoort, Nicholas Gonzalez, and Mia Quaranta de la Rosa. I think this is the first time in a long time that the leads of a Hallmark movie are rookies. It's a breath of fresh air. You might know Laura from previous role on Smallville as Supergirl. Nicholas is best known for his role as Dr. Neil Melendez on The Good Doctor. This is Mia's first film project. Based on several interviews with Laura and Nicholas, Mia brought a lot of light to the set because she was so excited and willing to learn everything. This movie is a modern take of Jane Austen novel titled Emma, a story about a girl who has a knack of matchmaking. A little background on each of the characters. Um, Laura plays Carrie Fox, a school teacher at Austin Middle School. Note the... Jane Austen reference in the name of the school. She currently lives in Seattle, Washington. She's originally from Oregon, but moved to Seattle for her boyfriend, Adam. They had a six-month long-distance relationship, and then she moved to Seattle. Six months later, after the move, they have broken up, and now she's in like this, what do I do with the rest of my life after the breakup move? Does she stay in Seattle or does she go back home to Oregon where she's from? Nicholas plays David Martinez, who is a newly divorced single dad to Clara, played by Mia Juanata de la Rosa. He owns a family Mexican restaurant called Cantina Corazon. David comes off as overbearing and overprotective of Clara. His ex-wife at first had sort of a contentious relationship. Eva, his ex-wife, was in Texas, and he was in Washington. He wasn't ready for love, wasn't looking for it, because the divorce just happened within the past year. Clara, played by Mia Quaranta de la Rosa, is a 13-year-old who is a student of Carrie Fox, with a knack of matchmaking. She has been struggling with school for the past year since the divorce. Her grades had dropped. She was she's fun and friendly, a little shy, um, and has some good friends to to surround herself with. She has a business mind and talent for reading people and what they want in a partner. She also helps out a lot with her dad at the restaurant. She's always there every day whenever her dad is over there. Some of the supporting characters are Marnier Rosmore, an English teacher at Austin Middle School. She's good friends with Carrie, and, Cla- and she was also Clara's first matchmaking client. Andrea is an employee at Canta- Cantina Corazon. She has become Clara's sadness board when she couldn't reach her mother. Andrea and Marnier encouraged Carrie and David to be together. They were, you know, 
Israel was pushing David to have a life outside of the restaurant and outside of his daughter because David always spent time at the restaurant. She had been working at the restaurant for 15 years, and yet David still had a tight ring on her. Eva is Nicholas's ex-wife and Clara's mom. She was originally in Texas in the first half of the movie and wanted Clara to be with her, which is what made her relationship with David very contentious in the beginning. Eventually, Eva did move back to Seattle to be closer to Clara. A little summary of the plot line. Um, there's a regional competition called ABCs, which stands for Annual Business Competition. Carrie announced it towards her cl to her class that in the next five weeks, kids will be starting their own business model, earning money to raise for their schools. They'd have to do budgeting for advertising, payroll, taxes, labor, etc. The class will have three to four mentors from the community help out and advise the students with their projects. The type of business is their choice. All the kids were very excited to do this. Some of the business ideas that they've come up with are tutoring, lawn bowling services, and computer graphic design. If I was in Carrie's classroom and would have participated in the ABCs, I honestly would have done a tutoring business. That's what I do now, and I love tutoring. I've always loved tutoring. At first, Clara was unsure about what she wanted to do. But then she was at her dad's restaurant, Catina Corazon, and saw Marnier, Miss Rossmore, over there. And she was kind of flirting with this man across from her, sitting across from her at the restaurant. And Clara stepped in, kind of did some magic, started a conversation between Marnier and the guy. Clara has been struggling in school for the past year. I think it was due to um, the divorce that her dad and her mom went through. Her grades have been dropping. She was failing in some of her classes. Um, in Miss Rosper's English class, she didn't do well in a book report. Her dad is so overbearing, overprotective. It's like a running joke that to, between all the teachers that her dad is just overbearing. Everybody knows David is a little overbearing and protective. I think this is, again, um, a symptom of the divorce. Not sure. Like, he was overcompensating for being a single dad. David also volunteers for the school a lot. He stepped in as president of the PTA when the original president went into labor. David is organized and is like, just like Clara, very smart and very business-minded. I mean, he runs a great restaurant called Cantina Corazon, and it's very successful. 
But with the PTA, he like, it was Valentine's Day, so they were setting out these um, candy grams for, you know, as gifts. Kids could go and buy them and send a telegram with candy for their crushes. It's cute. At first, he didn't get a volunteer. But Carrie needed more mentors for the ABCs, and David needed help with the candy grams. So, wonderful idea. Guess what they did? They started helping each other out. And during this time where they were helping each other out, David and Carrie got close and Carrie got to know David as not this overbearing, overprotective, crazy dad. But it's a sweet guy who's smart and cute and does dimples and God, I am now missing the point. Oh, and he can cook. The guy can cook. That mole burrito look good, the meal, oh my god, like, when Carrie went over to David's house for the first time, she was expecting him to just order takeout from the restaurant he owns, you know, but instead, he had the whole meal planned out, and he was like, you know, my grandma does not like abuela, has this thing against takeout, like, he was like, you know, why wait... We don't want heated food again after like sitting out for one hour. We want fresh food. And, oh, the food looked good. Oh, it was so yummy. Jesus, I want some Mexican food now. <laughs> Clara, you know, noticed that her dad and her teacher were getting close. And they were finishing each other's sentences. And they were compatible. And so Kalana started the wheels turning, like, maybe I should match make my teacher and my dad. And Clara's business, Cupid Clara, is actually becoming very successful. I mean, she started this questionnaire, she researched with other matchmaking websites to see what they do. Um, how they're making money, etc. And she started her own business model, one of which was she was going to pass out this questionnaire for people to, to fill out. Now, if you want to know who you match up with, you have to pay Clara for that match up. Find out your match. And sure enough, you know, her business was booming. She matched 10 of her friends. She made five couples to go to the middle school Valentine's Day. Due to the success of, like, matching up her friends in school, Clara was like, look, I want to still make more money for the school and... What about expanding to not just matchmaking her friends in school, but actually her community? And sure enough, 
thanks to um, her dad, thanks to Carrie. She did sort of a speed dating event at Cantina Corazon and people showed up. People, you know, she was nervous at first that no one would show up because this bit, this TV show, Good Morning Seattle, was like putting a damper on the event, saying who would want a 13-year-old to match up and stuff. But Clara, it didn't matter. You know, she went for it. Um, she was at least a little bit nervous that no one would show up, but eventually they did, and the event was a success. Her grades went up, her business was thriving, she was also, you know, using her classmates' other businesses to advertise the event, like she used her friend who was doing a graphic design business for her school to make posters and to design a website for this event for Clara. And it was so great. During this time, while preparing for the heart-shaped tortillas, which is so cute, <laughs> my favorite scene of the movie is Carrie and David lip-singing and dancing to Ain't No Mountain High Enough. Ain't no valley low enough, ain't no river wide enough to keep me from you. <laughs> but I just love that they were having fun in the kitchen. David, the king, looser and just was dancing and having fun and enjoying the night. And Carrie joined in and grabbed a carrot and used it as a mic and was dancing and singing together. It was adorable. It was so sweet. And I just loved that whole dynamic of them. Then Carrie and David kissed. I think it was, I loved it. I think it was natural. I think it was so sweet. And they kissed and it was fireworks. And I got butterflies. And oh my gosh, people, how I, I was excited. Considering the last week's movie was lacking romance and lacking chemistry between the two main characters, this one was exploding chemistry and exploding fireworks and exploding yes. What took you guys so long for this to happen? But then Eva walks in. Oh, Jesus. Why does there always have to be somebody to interrupt the kiss? Why can't they kiss and not be interrupted? <laughs> but, you know, Eva walks in and she's back from Texas. She wants to move back to Seattle. She's looking for her a place. And at first, it put a damper on David and Carrie because, you know, Eva's back. Obviously, David and Eva have no desire at all of being together. Like, no, that's not what they want. <laughs> they want to just be friends and they want to be co-parents to Clara, which is what Clara means, you know. She, Clara had been struggling for a year because her mom wasn't there. 
because of the divorce and stuff. So, yeah, but it's such a beautiful thing. It, um, I'm just glad that the family is back together because at the end of the day, just because you're divorced, just because your relationship isn't, uh, doesn't work out, if, especially if you have kids, you guys should be together for the kids. Like, you guys should at least be cordial and, you know, work things out as parents. I'm just glad that Clara wasn't one of those um, wishful thinking kids who think that, yay, my parents are back together. Um, I guess that's one of the benefits of having your knack for matchmaking because you know which couples work, would work well and Clara knew her parents were not one of those couples. On Valentine's Day she passed out Kimby Grahams to Carrie and David from a secret admirer. Like, I would assume that they kind of, they both knew that it was from Clara because that's her handwriting, but I think it's cute that um did that. They were there for each other, and she did that. And Clara and David, I just love the relationship that the father and daughter are having at this point, because now they've gotten close. Now they're friends. Now, you know, he's not just an over overbearing, overprotective father, but you know. That was sounding board as well. During this time of the movie, Carrie is looking for a sign because she's undecided. Oh, you know, she moved to Seattle to be with her boyfriend Adam. The the relationship didn't work out, but now she's like, okay, well, what do I do? I can't. Do I go back to Oregon or do I stay here in Seattle? I don't have family here. I don't have. You know, was give me a sign, give me a reason. She kept like she kept talking about looking for a concrete sign for the reason to move here, to stay here. And David was just like, "Oh, um, you know, we'll miss you if you go. There will be people here who misses who will miss you if you leave." And I'm sitting there just wanting to like grab through the TV and go. Tell her I will miss you <laughs> if you leave, or tell her to please stay. Wish she would. Yeah. One thing that sort of that irritates me and love I love also is that how about make sure that each couple has sort of a choice. They're not like forcing them to be in the same place like you know if you want to leave I'm not gonna tell you to stay that kind of Carrie does decide to stay in Seattle eventually um, she loves David she loves teaching at the school she loves the relationships that she has developed in Seattle apart from Adam. Also, Clara wins the ABCs. <laughs> she gets a scholarship. 
she gets to put on her college resume, her college application that she won this regional competition. I knew from the beginning she would win. I mean, she garnered um, local media. She also was very creative with the business and stuff. And I just loved it. The class as well as David and Eva got Carrie the desk, the chair, and the laptop that Carrie wanted. She had jokingly announced to the kids in the beginning that, you know, if they raise enough money for the school, she will get a brand new chair that is good for her back and hopefully a desk as well. And sure enough, that's what they did. They got her the chair, the desk. God, I'm going to start crying. That was so beautiful. <sighs> My favorite part of this movie, and um, I, I feel like it's huge, it's huge is that the multicultural, multi-ethnicity represented in the movie, in all of the cast. I mean, you've got a Mexican family who's speaking Spanish. Talishaba, te amo, te quiero. Dia del amor y amistad, the day of love and friendship. You have character supporting characters who are black. You have supporting characters that are white. You have supporting characters that are, you know, Asian. I mean, it's just such a beautiful multicultural movie and each culture was represented and respected. I just, and also, um, can we talk about the food? Like the food looks so good. Hawaii does this thing where food always looks good in their movies. And I was craving some tacos watching the movie. I was craving some burritos. I was craving a quesadilla. I, I wanted to order takeout and eat some Mexican food with this uh, movie. It's so, so good. I absolutely love this. So far, this is probably the best movie of 2021 for Hallmark. I just, it, I can't think of a single Bad. Think about it. The chemistry between all of the actors was a highlight. Mia, even though it was her first ever film project, I feel like she was the star of the movie. She carried this movie and you could see the joy and excitement in her face with every little thing, um, the chemistry between Laura and Nicholas was just 
again, fireworks. Like, it was butterflies and fireworks and amazing. And, oh, God, Nicholas, your smile and those dimples had me falling for you. Um, I never seen The Good Doctor, but now I want to go watch it. <laughs> oh, I feel so bad for saying that, but it's true. It, it was just amazing. So that is my review for playing Cupid. I hope that even though this is Laura, Nicholas, and Mia's first Hallmark movie, I really hope that this isn't going to be their last because I think all three of them um, brought so much to the Hallmark family and stuff. It's awesome. Okay, so the third movie in the Love Ever After series is called Mix Up in the Mediterranean. It stars Jessica Lowndes and Jeremy Jordan. It's a good old switcheroo slash mistaken identity that Hallmark is, has done many times. It's a typical trope for Hallmark. But this movie, it's about a small town cook who impersonates his twin brother to compete in a culinary competition. He ends up falling for a woman in charge of the event. She thinks he he is his married gay brother. I wonder what happens with that one. What her reaction will be when she finds out that he's not who he's been saying. Hmm. <laughs> so anyway, Hallmark um, has also made public their lineup for March and April. The series for March and April is called Spring Fling. So it's going to be the Spring Fling lineup. So here's here the name of the movies for the two months. Um, March 6th is called Fit for Prince, starring Natalie Hall and Jonathan Kelts, March 13th. There's no movie yet that has come out for that week. March 20th is called Chasing Waterfalls, starring Cindy Busby and Christopher Russell. March 27th, Break Up Boot Camp. That is starring Italia Ricci and Ryan Peve. April 3rd, one Perfect Wedding, starring Taylor Cole, Jack Turner, Rukia Bernard, and Deshaun Williams. It's, uh, I believe, the conclusion for the One Winter Weekend series, um, which included One Winter Weekend and One Winter Proposal. So we're back to Clara Lake. March 10th, As Luck Would Have It, starring Joanna Garcia Swisher, and Alan Leach. This movie was filmed on location in Ireland. Can't wait to see that. March 17th, right in front of me. That's the working title of the movie. It's not yet confirmed that will be the title. Um, it stars Janelle Parrish and Marco Grazzini. Also, we would like to 
extend our congratulations to Love Blossoms co-stars. The Love Blossoms is a 2017 Hallmark movie, part of the Valentine's Day Marathon. Congrats to stars Victor Webster and Chantel Van Santin. On their engagement, they met on the set of Love Blossoms and Love Blossom between the two of them, and four years later, they are now engaged. So congratulations to them. Okay, so thank you for listening. We are now on app. Please subscribe to our podcast here on Podbean as well as Apple Podcasts. I will be working on adding this podcast on Google Play. I also have an Instagram page called Hallmark Heartbeats. Please follow me there. Until next week, I am Camille signing off. Um, thank you for listening. Bye.